Welcome to Shockers and Cuss Words, a podcast that dives into self-improvement, completing goals, and overcoming modern-day obstacles. I am your host, Catherine, and together we will address our fears, establish self-awareness, and complete self-growth through honesty and reflection. Remember to please like and share this podcast. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chakras and Passwords podcast. I am your host, Catherine, and today I have a special guest, Miss Vanessa, who is a intuitive spiritual healer, and she is here to talk to us about human design and really her healing journey kind of as a whole. So I'm excited to have her here. Vanessa, please introduce yourself and let us know a little bit about you. Thank you so much. By the way, Catherine, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I know you and I have been connected through Clubhouse and Instagram. It's just been nice to stay connected and finally be on here to have this chat with you today. So yeah, I am an intuitive healer and um, I went into a deep healing journey within my own life for years. I mean, five or six years, I felt like I was just recovering from my twenties. <laughs> so, and, and from childhood, right. There was a, there was a lot of recovery happening. Um, and so that's what inspired me over time to uh, transition out of my, the different careers that I had over time and just transition into the energy workspace into healing uh, human design has become a huge part of my personal healing journey and how I also um, help others understand themselves, self-discovery, self-awareness, and especially when we're dealing with our childhood experiences and past traumas or past experiences, human design can also um, offer new perspectives. So that's me in a nutshell. I'm all about healing. Human design is just another tool that I use in conjunction with other modalities and yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. When I was reading your, your bio and your, and you put, I was, cause I remember when I first um, saw you on clubhouse, you were really talking about the ice baths and you were like, yes. It was like watching your Instagram you're like <laughs> jump into this ice bath. I'm like, oh, girl, it looks cold in there. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't really know like your whole story. And then when I read your bio and you're like, I was a stripper, I went to a healing area and really kind of opened up that element of myself. How did that like transition take forward? How did you get in that? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's such a, a powerful part of my journey now, right? Now that I'm on the other end of it, I appreciate it. It's, it's inspiring to other people. It gives meaning to my life. Um, there was lots of challenges, you know, working in the stripping industry at gentlemen's clubs. And I did it for a long period of time. I did it for 10 years. I mean, yes, I put myself through school. So, you know, I was 
somewhat productive, you know, and, but then I was also partying pretty hard too. There was a lot that was happening. Um, but I realized that I was really living out a trauma response during those 10 years. Um, one of them being giving away my power. And as we, if most of us know about the four different trauma responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. So yes, I had some of the other ones as well, but the fawn response is really what I was living out. And that's all about passiveness, people pleasing, um, you know, uh, portraying an image, you know, so that you could be validated. So I think I was, you know, you, I was stripping to pay for school to keep my parents happy because they wanted me to get degrees. And it was like this cycle, this vicious cycle of just me not doing me and, and me trying to um, get the things that I thought that I needed to survive, like love and validation. And then also just, um, I was suppressing a lot of the things that had happened earlier in my childhood that I was not knowledgeable of. It was like suppressed and repressed memories. And um, towards the end of my, I'm going to call it my stripping career. <laughs> it sounds funny. I mean, it was a part of your, your life path. And I have a lot. Yeah. Like I have a lot of um, friends who, well, I had one friend in nursing school who she was um, a stripper and basically that's how she got, you know, to nursing school was that's what she did on the side. You know, and then she became an, a nurse, but um, well, I don't know if she became, but I had, you know, we were friends during our prereqs and stuff and that sure. was a journey, but it's like, it, that's a part of you and, and you transitioned. So how, yeah, how yeah. And, and the transition out, and I will say not everyone who does that kind of work is living out a trauma response like I was um, and, and not it's not disempowering for all women and I'm not here to glorify it either so I'm not saying you know right. go out and dance and right. to pay your bills <laughs> yeah. you know it's <laughs> there's there's a lot there but for me I, I did it so long so there was a there was a point where it was not healthy for me mentally emotionally or physically I'll just say that with confidence um, and like, and for, and with your friend or the person that, you know, it, it can provide opportunities when I was 19 and I got into the business, I, I did it out of necessity, or at least I thought that was the best way for me to get money. And I, you know, I needed a car. So I bought my first car in, in like $3,000 cash because I had that job. But, um, going back to the story or the summary, if you will, when I was exiting that industry, cause I started to get this nudge, like. I started to really just feel so unfulfilled. And I mean, by that time I had finished all my schooling. I had tried the nine to five jobs. I mean, I was well qualified to go do other things. I was just kind of stuck in that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, and also just the mentality. There's a mentality that, that kind of happens, um, especially the, the dark feminine, the manipulation and just, right. you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot yeah. there energetically, but coming out of it, Somehow, some way, my intuition led me to uh, this resort in Costa Rica that did plant medicine. I did not know what it was. I didn't research it. I didn't Google it. I just followed my intuition to this uh, resort. And in um, ayahuasca, if you, if your listeners are familiar with ayahuasca, um, I, I did it on my 30th birthday. And that was the thing that really was a turning point in my journey. Because during that week of ayahuasca, you know, I was there at that retreat for seven days. And I think I did it five days in a row. Um, it was like 30 years of therapy, literally, because I, I was turning 30. It was like the night of my 30th birthday. I was like, wow, this can't be more symbolic. <laughs> and um, but those went, that's when a lot of those um, childhood memories, the repressed memories, the suppressions, 
uh, it all started to come up, but it was, I was so held. I was so supported by mother nature. I was so supported by that medicine. And I just, I'm so grateful till this day that it happened in that way, because, um, talk therapy, I'm just going to, and I, I'm not downing talk therapy or anyone who is a, a therapist, but I just felt like it, maybe it was a limiting belief. I just felt like it wasn't going to work for me. So I thought, I thought I couldn't heal Catherine. I, I was one of those people. And I thought, man, my life is so messed up there. I can't heal from anything. And I kind of was carrying that, that thought around subconsciously, but plant medicine gave me a different path. And those 30 years of therapy that I felt like I went through during that one week, I came home and I was a different person. And I already, luckily I already had some things lined up to where I had already had my real estate license. I think I just wasn't practicing that much because I was so you know, mentally stuck in that old, um, industry, uh, it, you know, working at the gentleman's club and just kind of, and kind of addicted to that lifestyle, the fast mm-hmm. money, but then I would spend it really fast because it was yeah. dirty money. So there was, there was all kinds of things that needed to be healed there. But when I got back, I was just, I, it was almost like my brain was rewired, completely rewired. And that was a, the beginning of my deep, I mean, I had done some healing stuff before, but the deep process of my healing and my commitment to myself, mm-hmm. like really like promising myself, like, okay, we're just going to take one baby step at a time mm-hmm. every day. And if one day seems like that's too big to handle one hour at a time, we're going to do this one hour right. at a time <laughs> and just walk forward. And that's exactly what I did for five or six years. And there were so many opportunities that came my way. I mean, I, I had so many people helping me. I had a shaman I was working with for a while. I had other healers, other intuitive healers, um, kinesiologists. I had so many different people helping me. Like they were part of my healing team, you know, and I, I did other plant medicine retreats and coaching programs. And so, and, you know, eventually I was like, wow, this has changed my life for the better. And I, I love this work. Mm-hmm. Um, I became so passionate about my own healing. And then here I am today as an intuitive healer. And it's because I, I, again, like I said, I was that person that thought I could not heal. And um, it just took some creative processes, some alternative methods, some different modalities. You know, I had a I had to work with a one trauma in particular, Catherine, I had to work with that one trauma several different times, but with different modalities. So it was like, it was almost like getting different angles, you know, with, with that one trauma. And some people think like, oh yeah, I already worked on that trauma. And I'm like, oh yeah, from one angle, you worked on it from one angle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes there's multiple. So hopefully that answers that. Yeah. And I, I love that you brought that up. I remember I saw one of your reels and you're like, I can't just give myself one label. You were like, I'm like multi-dimensional, multi-faceted. And I was like, yes, I totally get it because it's like so hard to just be like in one section, especially when you are doing the trauma work and you are doing the releasing and the, and helping others because something that maybe worked for someone isn't necessarily going to work for the other. And as a intuitive healer, having those different angles and aspects really helps you help them. So I love that you really are centered in that area. And I want to know how, so when you were on your healing journey and you were learning and then helping others and coming on this way, and then you got centered with human design. And I'm going to tell you, I barely know 
I just know of human design and that there's four or three. I don't, I don't even know. I'll be honest. I don't, and I know there's like some astrology tied in there, but there is, you would love that part. Yeah. <laughs> so explain, explain to me, what is human design and how do you use it? Amazing. Yes. Yes. And I'll just say, just to kind of connect something that you said a moment ago, you were like, you were referencing a post I did on Instagram where I'm like, I'm not going to box myself in. That's the manifesting generator in me and the manifesting generators. You know who you are if you know your type. <laughs> and it is hard to, to focus on one thing. And it's also hard to just do one thing because we could uh, have multiple interests. So yes, human design. <clears throat> Um, I found it kind of, I'll, I'll say that I found it again, you know, I, I talk about this deep healing process that I was going through from the initiation of the ayahuasca until I, I don't, it, I mean, I'm still on a healing journey, right? right. It never really ends. There's no destination, no, but yeah. I'll say that, you know, when I, when I got through the thick of it, I started, I discovered human design and, and I'm so glad I did because I didn't feel like I was missing something in my healing journey. The plant medicines were powerful. Working with the shaman was powerful. All of, you know, the retreats and the meditations and the Kundalini yoga, all that stuff was very, very powerful. But I still felt like I, there was a, um, how can I say this? There, I, there was still a little bit of a disconnection for myself. Not that I was disassociating because I was, you know, I was in the process of healing that part of myself. Um, there was just some things that I really wanted to bring up to my conscious mind. I really wanted to know the depths of my psyche. And so human design, when I, um, when I first got a reading, honestly, it didn't, it didn't really resonate. Although I had heard about it on other podcasts and some of my friends had recommended it. And, uh, and then I just ended up diving in like deep one day. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so powerful from a healing perspective. It didn't really resonate uh, for me at first because, you know, some of those basic readings that people can get, it's just kind of like, Oh, you know, you're a manifester and, and not, not to undermine it. Cause it could still be powerful on how to make day-to-day -day decisions, but the, the approach I take, and I tell people this all the time when they want to get readings from me, I'm, I give them a warning, like, especially if they're doing a mentorship. I'm like, look, my, my stuff goes deep because we're working, you know, eventually we want to work with the shadow aspects. We want to work with the conditioned mind and go deep into the deeper layers. Um, so what is human design? Human design is an energetic blueprint of our energy and who we were born to be when we got into this world and, um, you know, who we are authentically, how does our energy work? How do we best operate, um, in the world? How does the world, uh, receive us? How do other people see us? How do they receive us? Mm -hmm. And how can we interact with the world with less resistance? That's key with less resistance. Cause a lot of times people will say, you know, they want to test out, they'll play devil's advocate with, you know, with, there's a type and then there's a strategy. So for, um, a generator, that's one of the, the four or five types, um, their strategy is to respond. And so people will be like, well, you know, I was taught to initiate and I'm going to keep initiating. Cause it's, you know, it's just what I do. And it's a part of my profession. And, and, and it's like, okay, cool. And, but, you know, and it's not like someone can't be successful, but the key here is to um, make, make, make your life more graceful, more effortless. Again, we want someone to, to have this knowledge, a new perspective, so that they're meeting less resistance. When I was initiating, um, after being a stripper, I went into real estate 
And that was, that's kind of the profession that was in between the middle of, of me becoming a healer and, and the stripping industry. Um, as a realtor, I was initiating a lot and I had a lot of success. And so I understand that I'm a manifesting generator. So I also need to respond first, um, even though I do have some similarities with the manifestors who can initiate naturally. Um, but still, I burned myself out and I, I met a lot of frustration in my life. It doesn't mean that I wasn't successful because I was, but it was taking a toll on my health and there were some consequences there. So with this knowledge, when we, when we talk to someone about their type, you know, and this is a system that's based off of their birth date, their birth time, and their birth location, when we plug that information in and we start with the basics, which is, um, there's four or five types, depending on how you look at it. I'll just say five, um, <clears throat> the, the more modern ways to say five, a human design type. So there's a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector and a reflector. And so when we talk to someone about their type, each type has a strategy on how they could best interact with the world, how they can make decisions without regretting their decisions, without, you know, being like not sure or kind of feeling like, ah, I, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if I should take that job or is this job right for me? Like there's a system, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a system. Right. If, if this resonates with you, not everyone resonates with human design and that's okay. It's not wrong. All right. Um, but there's a system on how to do this. And then there's another layer that that's one layer deeper. It's all about your authority. That's another way to implement a way on how to make decisions. So hopefully that gives you like a foundational perspective mm -hmm. on what human design is. Yeah. Yeah. And cause I feel like a lot of people, um, when I started kind of hearing about human design, like they use it towards their business and also towards healing as well. So it has that, that dynamic kind of close to like astrology. You're saying like you get your design charts, kind of like your birth chart and you read the areas that really, um, help you with your, your life and your pathways. So that's pretty cool. Um, how, how have, have you been using design? Do you use human design with your clients a lot, or is it more a combination of things? Yes, I do. Um, I mean, I offer it separately and then I offer it as an inner, like I integrate it with other you know, in, intuitive healing processes or modalities that I have. Yeah. Um, it all depends on what someone is wanting and how deep they're really wanting to go. You know, some people just want to dabble in to see what this is about and that's totally right. okay. And then other people are like, look, I don't care how I get to point A to point B, but this is where I'm at and this is where I want to be. And I'm like, okay, this is where we need to, to, you know, so to speak, tackle all different angles and we'll include, you know, all different kinds of energy work that I do as an intuitive healer. Plus we'll use the human design. Um, what's really important uh, whenever I'm using it, um, and this is the difference between the, you know, the, we know the, the traditional chakra system, right? There's seven chakras and in human design, uh, there's nine. And the heart chakra is split into two. So at the oh, wow. G center and the, <laughs> yeah, I wish I had a visual uh, for you, but um, I thought about it earlier. Anyway, so the, the G center and the will center are the you. heart center that's split into two. And then the solar plexus is the emotional solar plexus in human design and the spleen center that are split into two. Uh -huh. So 
Yeah, and each center has a different theme. And those are, are really, really important when we're talking about um, someone's conditioning in their life and we're helping them decondition and get in touch with who they are because that's what healing is really about, right? I like to say healing is also integrating and um, evolving. Some people think of it, you know, they get a little triggered because they're like, you're always talking about healing, but I'm not broken. And I'm like, great. I love that. I don't think anyone is broken. You know, I speak about it from the sense of there's just some things in our life that need to be integrated. You know, like as I was healing from the profession as a stripper, I just needed to understand my decisions. I needed to integrate a lot of those experiences. And once I did, I was able to accept myself even more. I was able to love myself even more. I was able to clear out the clutter in some of those centers. So the emotional solar plexus, um, there could be a lot of emotional dysregulation for someone who has um, some emotional trauma. And if, if that happens to be their authority, so the authority is something I alluded to earlier, that's how we make um, our decisions. So there's something called the emotional authority, which is what I am. Um, and, but if we have a lot of blocks emotionally, or we, at one point I was like numb in my life and I didn't understand how to make decisions because I felt numb and I wasn't really tapped into that, that area, that chakra area, that's really a superpower for me. So when we're breaking this down, um, with other people, or again, when I'm, I do this work myself, like on a weekly basis, I am constantly deep diving. Um, I'm, I'm really, you know, releasing what needs to be released. Um, cause again, every center has a theme and, um, and, and reconnecting, reconnecting with the self. And I will say this a lot of, well, let me, I, I don't want to say a lot of people, some people have, um, and this is a, a might be a triggering, uh, topic. Just, we're just going to stick on right. it for a second. Some people have sexual trauma, right. And I have so much compassion for those people. Cause, and I was one of them. Again, those were one of the repressed memories that came to me during ayahuasca, but I've made so much peace with it. But from a human design perspective, the sacral center is all about passion, creativity, sexuality. You know, it's very similar to the sacral chakra in traditional, um, in the traditional uh, chakra system. So sometimes people can feel really disconnected from that center. And when I talked about the five different types, the manifesting generators and the generators, they have a defined sacral center. However, if someone has experienced some sexual trauma in their life, or or just maybe some experiences that were even awkward, it doesn't have to be trauma. It could just be awkward experiences as well. They might feel disconnected from their superpowers from their sacral center, which is what makes them a generator. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's what makes them a manifesting generator. And it has its own, you know, if, when someone has a defined sacral, they can have a lot of energy. They can work all day long if they want to. They have stamina, they have strength, they have creativity, they have passion. You know, it's like this center of all this juiciness. Um, and so uh, it's, it's a superpower. And so reconnecting someone to that, center and even people who aren't generators um it's still a healthy thing for them to uh, reconnect to that part of themselves if they've had that kind of 
um, uh, trauma that we were just talking about. So there's so many different perspectives that human design provides us that gives us some tools for healing, depending on the person's individual needs. Mm, yeah. Like their, like their individual, like you said, like their individual blueprint, kind of how they heal and what puts them in that area. I like how you're talking about how the sacral is really like that area of passion. And I think when people have like that block or they have that energy where it's like unaligned, it comes from so many places, like especially the past and the representation of your creativity. And it just kind of keeps you like stuck if you can't open that area and open that energy up. And, um, and I, I could see how for somebody, if that was like their, like you said, their human design type was like centered in that area. And then to have that area blocked, it must really, you could probably just like really see it or really feel it. And that's amazing. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. And also let me, let me just add in one thing I probably got to uh, mention, and this is probably important for someone who's like using this episode to really get familiar with human design. Um, for the generator types, their sacral center is actually how they make decisions, especially if they're a pure generator um, and they have no emotional authority like like I do. So, so it's and it's really their gut response. And a lot of times, uh, the natural way for generators and manifesting generators to make decisions with yes or no questions is to go, mm-hmm, mm-mm, you know, mm-hmm for yes and uh-uh for no. And we call those the primal sounds, and that's coming from the gut, that's their, their body decision. That's actually the most natural way for those types, the generator types to make a decision. And that, that gets us out of our head. And then that way we don't get caught up in, you know, reasoning and logic and, Oh, what are the pros? What are the cons? I mean, I used to, I have someone, I don't know, someone a long time ago told me to write out pros and cons for everything I was doing. And I tried that and it just made things so confusing. Right. This is obviously before my human design days, <laughs> but, like, my, but my mind was everything I do. Like, right. like that's not a great strategy no so 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 I'd rather use this human design strategy than that pro and con strategy so anyway but but also you know what can cause some some distortions in our lives is not using our natural ability to make decisions we're very intelligent all of us Mm -hmm. every single person on this planet and we are also very unique Uh, human design is called the science of differentiation. So what works for Catherine is not going to work for Vanessa. What works for Vanessa is not going to work for someone else. Um, Even if, if people are the same type, you know, um, do you, Catherine, do you happen to know your human design type? I did look it up and they say I'm a generator. (laughs) Okay. Oh, cool. Because I've been talking about generators this whole time. Okay. So that's perfect. (laughs) <laughs> and it's intuitively sometimes I pick up on these things. <laughs> yeah. They, so um, that's what it, it said generator. Cause I was like, okay, now what? Pure <laughs> generator? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Now, now what? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Next time we'll have to do an episode. I can give you like a live reading or something if you want. <laughs> <That'd be laughs> or I'll, I'll give you a private one too. Whatever, yeah. whatever you want. Close your book, whatever close your book. Uh, where was I going with that? Um, uh, we, we, we were having fun there. Where, where, what was the last thing I said? <laughs> I just like what, what won't work for like me would work. For oh, you. yes. Okay. Yeah. So what I was going to say is the generator. So even if you get all the generators in your life okay. and you put them in the room, they're still going to be so different because there's profile numbers, there's 
authorities. And then it gets down, there's 64 gates and there's, you know, 30 something channels. So there's a lot, this is a very deep system. Um, I've been studying it for a couple of years. And so obviously I'm, I'm definitely not all the way down the rabbit hole, but I know some experts that have been studying it for 10 years and they still tell me that they're still learning new things. And I'm like, whoa, if you're still learning new things about human design, <laughs> I'm going to be going down this rabbit hole for a while. But yes, we're even all the generators are also different. And so really diving into that helps us make decisions. Okay, here, here, I got my point back so I can wrap this up and bring it full circle is um, <clears throat> making decisions from our, especially for the generator, from our gut response. It really does simplify things because if you think about it, the quality of our life, mm-hmm. the quality of our life is based on the quality of our decisions. Mm-hmm. And when we have a system and a process, so no matter what decision, whether it's big, whether it's small, whether it's medium size or medium importance, we have a system in place to where we can use that um, as a process. You know, whether someone right. invites you on a vacation or you're starting a new business or I don't know, buying a house or what do you want for lunch? Like, it's, right. you, you know, using the same process, the mm-hmm, mm-mm for the generator, right? Um, so it's really, really important. And I just want to say this, this is really important about human design. I'll pass you the mic back, whether, no matter what type you are, um, you know, we're all, we all live in this. Most of us are in a modern society or in some kind of society and we were conditioned, right. And conditioning doesn't have to be a bad word, but in it, cause we have to start off somewhere, but it is important, especially if you're really wanting to thrive if you're really wanting to expand and like go deep within self-awareness and self-discovery and just live like this juicy rich tasteful fulfilling life where there's less resistance not to say there's not going to be any challenges because you know life is does bring challenges it's just a part of it but if you really want those things uh human design can really give you this blueprint on how to have more discovery and then also um decondition that's what we call it in human design deconditioning from the conditioning because a lot of us were taught to be like our mom or be like our parent or right. our sister or our brother but be like you because no one else is you yeah. we need you you we need you <laughs> to yeah. be you so I'll wrap it up there yeah and I, th- I think you know some of it is traits that we've learned just over time like my kids are always like oh my gosh, you remind me of grandma now. And I'm like, oh geez, I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> like, well, like, uh, well, I mean, we are the same sun Zodiac. We have a lot of similarities. Let me, let me say something about the grandmother thing. So your charts, there, there is the, there's red lines. There's uh-huh. definitions, right? There's a black definition for the gates and channels and there's a red definition. The red ones are the ones that you actually inherit from your lineage. And for grandparents and the grandchild, their charts are going to be a lot more similar than the actual parent. It it skips a generation. So your chart is probably similar to your grandparents on both sides. Um, Yeah. As opposed to your, your parents. So that's interesting when you said that your, your kids say something (laughs) about you doing something like grandma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think human design is super cool. Like just, you know, listening about it and it's something new, you know, and I I love that so many people, because I remember when you said, did you know, 
you know, what you are, are you a generator or manifester or manifestor generator? I remember when I first looked at one of those charts, I was like, OMG, what is this? I was like, it was just like mind blowing. It had like all these numbers and things. And I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, I have no idea what this means. It's a lot. That's, yeah, yeah. That's amazing that you uh, got centered in it. Do a lot of people use human design for like their healing areas or do they use it more for their growth periods? With human design. It depends on who you go to. I mean, I think there's a, a lot of amazing human design readers out there right now. And it's, it's actually very inspiring because it, it means that the demand is there, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a demand and supply thing. Right. Um, but there's so many angles. So it really just depends. Like, yes, people use it um, like kind of like as a, a life coaching modality or for growth um, mm -hmm. and for understanding, understanding themselves and really just how to the most basic thing I think that someone can benefit because the, the main question is like, okay, with all these numbers, just like you said, all these numbers and channels and shapes and colors, like, what does this have to do with me going to work today, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and cooking dinner? Like, what does this have to And it, it actually is very applicable um, right. because we talked about making decisions and then also your interactions with people, how to communicate, how do you best communicate if you feel, if you feel like you're not being heard or seen or you know, you're in that board meeting and it's, it's hard to speak up. Or when you do speak up, like you feel like no one got it, like oh, mm -hmm. that didn't land. No one heard me. Yeah. Um, a lot of this can help with the day-to-day -day life. So to answer your question, it can help with just interaction, how you interact with the world, how you interact with your coworkers, your loved ones, your, your spouse, you know, in marriages, this stuff is important in relationships. I do some relationships reading readings and it blows my mind how impactful it is. Cause you know, people tell me weeks later and I'm like, Oh my God, that's, it's amazing. <laughs> so on every level for me, um, even though I, I do, you know, I, whoever, whatever people need that they let me know, but I love the healing part of it because I am an intuitive healer. Um, but you know, I, I can offer any part of, of the benefit, uh, whatever intention someone wants, I can, I could offer that to them, but hopefully they answer your question. So <laughs> So you, because now I'm like thinking about this. I'm really like, okay. So you said you're a manifester generator, right? Manifesting, yeah, generator. Man, or manifesting. MG, yeah, MG for short. Okay, MG. So you're an MG. And then you also said that um, that they have like a lot of area related to the gut, the sacral, or like the solar plex, right? So are they are the generators and MGs, are they like more naturally intuitive? Is it kind of like a process that they are more aligned with versus maybe somebody um, who's a projector? Yeah, well, it depends. So intuition in general can show up in different ways and intuition mm -hmm. and the chart can also happen in different ways. The spleen center is... Um, and some people have a splenic authority, whether they're a pro they could be a projector, they could be a manifester, um, and have a splenic uh, authority. But the spleen center is all about intuition and instinct, and they can know things in the moment. But also, the pure generator, even if the pure generator doesn't have that spleen center defined, some of them do, and some of them don't. Just depends. Um, they still have that gut response that we talked about, but it's coming from their sacral. It's not necessarily coming from that 
intuition center that's also associated with health, survival, fear, which fear mm-hmm. can be healthy at times, right? Not running into the middle of the street, yeah. um, that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just intuition in a different way. And just to clarify, not all generators have a defined um, emotional solar plexus, but um, but the emotional solar plexus is, that's actually, there is no truth in the now with the emotional mm-hmm. solar plexus. Someone who has that um, as an authority, they really need to wait for clarity. They're not meant to make um, a, a quick decision. So for me, even though I'm a manifesting generator, and just for the record, there are some manifesting generators that are not emotionally defined, but I am a manifesting generator that happens to have that emotional definition um, that the uh, solar plexus defined. So for me, I have to wait for clarity for a lot of my decisions and for healing my healing, I, I needed to process my healing over time. I mean, months and months and months, years and years and years, because mm-hmm. I have to wait for clarity and things can't happen that instant for me. And, yeah. you know, I used to think something was wrong. I'm like, it, do I have a disability that I don't know about? Because, <laughs> because it would take me so long to process things. I'm like, you know, and I, I yeah. don't mean to like laugh about anyone who does have um, any kind of disability, but, but it was just a question I, and I would have accepted right. myself, you know, it was just something I was, I just noticed that there was something different about me, but right. I was also comparing myself to other people. So back to your original question, the intuition can show up in different ways. And, um, even who someone who doesn't have this clean center or, or, or a sacral or an emotional authority, um, they still have a, a way that they'll know, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they they still have a way that they'll know no. what to do. Yeah, yeah. If they're if they have that intuitive response, and they're really yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Super cool. Just it's so cool <laughs> and amazing. It well, goes deep. Yeah, it does go deep. It does go deep. Yeah, because yeah. It, uh, it does. Well, tell me what is it like? This is like one of my favorite questions I ask some of my guests. And so, what is it like? if this was your reality show and we were following you around with a camera, tell us what is a day in a life like with Vanessa, the intuitive coach and guide, <laughs> take us on your journey, take us on your day. Like, how do you start? What do you do? I love this question. Oh my gosh. No one's ever asked me this before. I love it. So it, I wake up with a lot of energy in the morning and I'll just say this in my chart, I have a, what we call it definition. I have a lot of definition. I'm a strong personality <laughs> out of the nine centers. I have seven of them defined and I have a lot of channels. <laughs> so, right. so I wake up like ready to go. I'm, I'm not the kind of person. I mean, yeah, I'm not the kind of person that needs that can meditate right away. Like I'm getting into an ice bath. You know, we talked about that earlier yeah. or I'm going to the local lake, like in the winter time when the water's freezing, I'm running out the door in my car, trying to get to the lake or, or I'm filling up my own tub or cold shower or something. I'm singing. I have a lot of energy. I'm doing, um, when I get done with that part, a lot of times I'm putting on my favorite songs in my living room and I am just dancing. And for generators, it's important to move that sacral center, move it around, move your hips, twerk, whatever you got to do, salsa dance, right, right, <laughs> dance right. to get that energy flowing, activate your sacral center. Um, and then from there, I mean, I kind of like calm down and I'll, I'll do some Kundalini yoga 
Um, and then my meditation will come later in the day, like around lunchtime. And then um, mm -hmm. sometimes I do it twice, like lunchtime and then in the evening um, and somewhere in there, I'm fitting in a, a workout, but I'm just working on my, you know, I, I work mm -hmm. in this business that I have my, my healing business as an intuitive healer. I'm just so grateful um, because it's just been a passion of mine. And for the generators, our life purpose is to find our right work. Like we need to find our right work in life because we need to be satisfied. That's what every right. generator wants. They want satisfaction. And so um, with the dancing, with the ice baths or whatever I'm doing on my own, it's, those are things that, that bring satisfaction to me. So hopefully that gives you a glimpse into my yeah. life. <laughs> that was so much fun. That was amazing. I felt like, woo, energy. When I got yeah, out. you felt it. Yeah, I felt it. I felt that energy. Well, thank you so much for coming on Chakras and Cuss Words. And please let us know, how can we find you? Yay. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Catherine. Um, so Instagram, my Instagram handle is sacred two underscores, soul, and then four underscores. So sacred, two underscores, soul, four underscores. So you could find me there. Awesome. And everything will be in the podcast show notes. So you can click all those easy clickables. So you get in touch with Vanessa and Vanessa, thank you so much. Please comment, like, and share this podcast. It helps move me up the podcast ladder. So everybody have an amazing day. Bye. Thank you, Catherine. Bye. <laughs>